Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The Bible reveals that God has a plan or an economy. It also reveals that God has an enemy, bent on the frustration of his accomplishing that plan. Between these two is mankind, including even God's elect. What strategy does God's enemy employ to delay and frustrate God in his unfailing pursuit of this goal? That's the focus on today's broadcast, and it's also the focus of much of our daily struggles in the Christian life. Stay with us for a very enlightening program on the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Today we come to Isaiah chapter 52 and a message given by Witness Lee in 1990 as he was conducting this life study of Isaiah. Ron Kangas has joined us today for what promises to be a compelling word to God's people related to our collective escape of the primary trap or snare that Satan has brought to the earthly scene to entangle God's people. Ron, probably most people are thinking by now that sin would be the topic we're here to talk about, but they're likely going to get a little surprised today, aren't they? We would never minimize the extreme seriousness of the problem of sin. Sin as it's usually understood. Christ himself is the sin offering. He bore our sins in his body on the tree. He is the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. Our problem is that our view of things is often natural or narrow, and this may hinder us from seeing matters that in the sight of God are even more grievous. So many are concerned about sin, but Not nearly as many may have a concern regarding spiritual deadness. Surely, sin has its source in the evil nature of Satan. But in this program, we will see another and a particularly crucial aspect of Satan's strategy to thwart and to frustrate God's economy. And that is to build up a system following a certain principle designed to damage God's interests on the earth. We need to understand this principle. We need to be clear concerning the practice. And if we would be faithful to the Lord, we need to give ourselves to him to utterly be delivered from this evil and pernicious system and principle. So this is quite a weighty matter. If we face this matter as revealed in God's word, we believe we will be enlightened and strengthened to increase our oneness with the Lord and our faithfulness to him in following him according to God's economy. Ron, today we come to chapter 52. I'm going to read verse 11. And in this verse, we hear these words. Depart, depart, go out from there. Do not touch any unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Cleanse yourself, you who hear 
you who bear the vessels of Jehovah. Identify for us, Ron, the there that God's people were charged to depart from. If we examine this word and this verse in the context of the chapter and even of the whole section in which it's found, we will see that there refers to Babylon. God allowed his people to be taken to captivity in Babylon as a discipline to them primarily with respect to their idolatry. But after the time of that discipline had expired, God, through the prophet Isaiah, charged his people to go out from there, that is, to depart from Babylon. Further, the verse says not to touch any unclean thing. Unclean things are there, that is, in Babylon. Furthermore, we are told to cleanse ourselves. In the verse, we have a literal Babylon alluded to. Babylon was and will be not only a city, but it is also a principle and a system from which we need to be thoroughly cleansed and out from which we need to absolutely depart. Ron, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our life study today from Isaiah 52. The entire Bible only gives us one complete revelation. We see that God has an economy with a plan and with many arrangements to get a people who will be regenerated by him, sanctified by him, renewed by him, transformed by him, and conformed to his image to be his very corporate expression. This is God's economy. But God has an enemy. Satan is God's adversary, opposing God, doing everything he can to frustrate God from the accomplishment of his economy. So there is a war raging on all the time in this universe. The result of Satan's labor in the Bible is called Babylon. And firstly, it was called Babel in Genesis chapter 11. And this Babylon will be consummated in Revelation chapters 17 and 18. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was the head of this Babylon. In the Old Testament, Babylon was political. But when Babylon invaded Jerusalem, Babylon touched the worship of God. This is a strong indication that Babylon, it is not only a political problem, it also it is a religious problem. Nebuchadnezzar captured Israel to Babylon and forced these people to worship his God. This shows you a big interference on the political side of the religious things. Babylon is just to damage God's worship. 
Bon, to really understand the profound significance of Babylon in Scripture, it takes a lot of careful study. So I think the best we can hope to do today is to give a rather broad brush treatment and at least acquaint our listeners with some of the main concepts. Would you develop for us what we've heard so far? We may say that regarding Babylon, here in Isaiah, we are midway in the development of Babylon in the Scriptures. So to have a proper understanding of Babylon here, we need to look both backward to the beginning in Genesis and forward to the consummation in Revelation. Before we make this brief attempt, let me emphasize this. Babylon signifies division and confusion that issue from human pride and self-exaltation. The beginning of Babylon is in Genesis, when the people said, Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us build a tower and a city. This is pride. This is self-exaltation. The issue of that pride and self-exaltation was division and also confusion. Since the vessels of the temple were carried away to Babylon, we see that in its religious significance, Babylon is that system which corrupts and damages the proper worship of God. As we look forward to the New Testament, we see that Babylon has its consummation in a twofold aspect. Religious Babylon, with a very complex system involving idolatry, distortion in worship, self-exaltation, division and confusion, and also material or political Babylon. The Babylon that began with Babel will consummate with Babylon the Great in Revelation 17 and 18. And as God judged Babylon in the Old Testament, he will severely judge Babylon and eradicate it in the New Testament. But what is relevant for our spiritual life is that we need to allow God to judge the elements of Babylon, the practices of Babylon, the principle of Babylon, and the uncleanness of Babylon in our own Christian life, personal and corporate. We may resist doing this, but that resistance is something that the light of God's word needs to penetrate. We need, for the sake of God's economy, to open to the Lord and to be willing for the Lord to infuse into us his thought and his feeling concerning Babylon and what it means and what it is in relation to us today. Ron, when we consider something like Babylon, I think most Christians are at least familiar with the term and, and some of the concepts involved, it's probably most easy to assume that really has nothing or very little to do with me. But we really need God shining, don't we, along the lines of your fellowship here, that the elements, the remnants, the, the items in us that exist in the principle of Babylon, we'll never see without his intense shining, will we? No, we need the light of God's word to illuminate us. Let's take one of the aspects of Babylon 
And that is the principle of mixture, of mixture in worship, of taking some things from the Word of God and mixing them with certain elements of the world to produce a system that gives ground for pride and self-exaltation. So we can see this in the religious world today. If we are enlightened, and this is our emphasis, we may see in ourselves today elements of mixture. On the one hand, we may be doing something for God, worshiping God. On the other hand, there may be some worldly element mingled in with what we're trying to do. Furthermore, there may be the element of self-promotion, of self-exaltation, even in the very acts of serving God or in the process of worshiping God. If we have light from God, we will realize that according to God's word, these things are Babylonian and must be judged so that God may have something pure for his name on the earth today. Let's go back, Ron, to more of our fellowship from Witness Lee and his life study from Isaiah. In the religious aspect, Babylon is a kind of a dirty woman. And she's called by the Bible the harlot and the mother of many harlots. And she was signified by Jezebel in Revelation chapter 2. And she was in Tertara, and Tertara was a symbol of the apostate church. Then it becomes the Babylon. And the great Babylon, very mysterious. In a sense, it announces, proclaims God. And also, it preaches Christ as human savior. But it presents to its believers all the things of Satan. They preach Christ, but when people believed in their preaching, they don't bring people to God, to Christ. They bring people to all the idols. Now, today, religious Babylon is flourishing. Here in Isaiah 52, you have the word, depart, depart, go out from there, my people. In uh, the New Testament, in Revelation chapter 18, nearly the same word, come out of her, my people. God commanded his Old Testament elect, Israel, to depart from Babylon, to separate herself from Babylon. And in New Testament, God also charged his believers, the church, to come out of Babylon, the great Babylon. Well, Ron, you mentioned earlier, and we've now heard Witness Lee talk about two aspects of Babylon, a religious and a political or material. Both of these aspects are present when the Lord returns. Is that correct? The book of Revelation indicates this, and obviously... We agree with the Bible, so it's correct according to God's word, especially the word of prophecy. 
Well, it's difficult when we examine the situation today outwardly to see a physical or material Babylon in that sense. But we heard Witness Lee say that the religious aspect, nonetheless, is very much flourishing. What's the basis for this comment or this, this analysis? First of all, the basis has to be a proper understanding of Babylon, not only literal, but religious, with its principle. We need to have the enlightenment from God's word. This is our only basis of discernment. If we know God's economy as revealed in the scriptures, if we have light from the word of God concerning Babylon, and if we are willing for these things to penetrate our own being and to enlighten us concerning our own situation, then spontaneously we will have a realization that religious Babylon is flourishing virtually everywhere. I'm speaking here only in principle. We are not touching particular persons or matters. But if we have light from God concerning Babylon and we observe certain religious events or religious programs, we may detect there some of the elements that we have discussed. Let me be very direct and say the element of self-promotion of self-exaltation is very much flourishing today in the way people dress, in the way they present themselves, in the way they sing, in the way they preach God's word, in the way they converse together on talk shows. There is often a strong element of self-exaltation, not in a purely worldly context, But in a religious context, even a Christian context, these are some general instances of the presence of Babylonian elements that are flourishing today. It's one of these things, if you see it, you see it. If you discern it, you discern it. If you are enlightened regarding it, you are enlightened regarding it. If one does not see or discern And if one does not have light, then it's useless to argue about whether or not Babylon is flourishing. We have to say sincerely and honestly that the light of God's word has been exposing the element of Babylon in our own being. As a result, and with humility, we have to bear witness to the fact Babylon is here, Babylon is there, Babylon is everywhere. This is a sad, sobering, and serious fact. But if we are to be faithful to God and absolute for his economy, we need this kind of spiritual realization concerning our present religious situation. Well, Ron, we have one portion left from Witness Lee. Let's go to him now, and then we'll return for our final comments today. The serious Christians don't know what is Babylon. So this means what? This means the coming out of Babylon is not clear-cut. You feel that is a small thing. That is not a small thing. Have you made a clearance with today's Babylon? You know the story of Egan in Joshua. Israel gained victory over Jericho. Now they were going on to fight against Ai, But they suffered a defeat. 
Why? Just because one of the Israelites pick up a piece of Babylonish clothes. The King James Version says a Babylonish clothes, a sinar, S-H-I-N-A-R, a name related to Babel in Genesis 11. So that sinar clause is Babylonish. So King James interpretation is right. Just a little bit Babylonish. That gives Satan the ground to defeat the entire people of God. It is matter not of wrong or of right. It is matter of Babylon, which God hates. Could you see this? A little case, but it was serious. We are here following our Christ. And our Christ is a servant of Jehovah. And uh, he charges us to depart. Depart, depart from Babylon. And have a clear clearance with Babylon. All these chapters, chapter 41 to chapter 53, all are related to the matter of Babylon. If we are going to serve God as one of his clean, clear, and pure people, we must firstly clear up the Babylonian problem. Anything that's Babylonish, we have to clear up. Ron, in Isaiah we have seen the call to God's people Israel to depart, to come out of Babylon. Now we've heard the same call, and we know that the same call is repeated in Revelation to the New Testament people of God. What about us, Ron? What is it for us to come out of Babylon and to come out completely? Let me emphasize again that we are speaking in principle here. Babylon denotes division as opposed to the genuine oneness of the body of Christ. And Babylon signifies confusion in contrast to the uniting bond of peace and the harmony that issues from the oneness of the Spirit in the one body of Christ. Since Babylon signifies division and confusion, to come out of religious Babylon is to come out of anything divisive and to come back to the Lord's name. We appreciate the fact that in the 19th century, many of those known as the brethren, simply as the brothers, came out of everything divisive to meet simply in the name of the Lord, taking no divisive name. So on the one hand, to come out of Babylon is to come out of a system of division and confusion. On the other hand, we need to come out of Babylon in a subjective way. We need to have every Babylon defilement cleansed. We need to have all the Babylonian mixture purged. We need to have all the Babylonian notions and concepts eradicated. We may not realize how much we have been influenced in matters of worship and serving God by Babylonian concepts. We need to humble ourselves and admit that 
the element of self-exaltation or pride or self-promotion. This element we detect first in ourselves under the searing light of God's word, not first in others. So, two ways to depart. Objectively, to leave a divisive system. Subjectively, to allow the Holy Spirit of God to guide us into the reality of the triune God in God's economy and to purge out anything of Babylon, especially anything of self-exaltation, so that the Lord alone may get the glory and that we may worship God the Father according to the revealed desire of his heart. If this is our situation, then we can be useful in the hand of the Lord to fight against God's enemy and to build up the organic body of Christ for the glory of God. We began, Ron, by identifying this problem, this condition, as something uh, on the same level, if not more serious, as a potential frustration than even our sin. Uh, I just feel like we repeat again how desperately we need the Lord to shine and to illuminate in our own being because Babylon is uh, not something so concrete and objective that we can be sure that we, uh, regardless of what we may know about the topic, are free of it. It really requires uh, an inward saving day by day, doesn't it? Yes, and for this we need the direct contact with the Lord through his word and by prayer. I believe our listeners can tell that although we're forthright, we don't have an argumentative tone in this matter. We want to be faithful to the Lord's word, but we and all others need to open to the Lord again and again that he may enlighten us, that he may purge us, that he may purify us, and that he may gain us for his economy. This is a word we all need to take to heart that the Lord may accomplish in us what he needs to do and what he wants to do for his purpose. Well, our program today has really been a combination of two of the printed life study messages. And because of the importance of this topic, uh, I would just like to strongly recommend to all of our listeners that uh, you contact us and avail yourself of the opportunity to receive these life study messages in a printed form. These messages are included in volume number two of the Life Study of Isaiah, and this is a three-volume set in total. All three volumes are available to our listeners. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Do please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. I'd like to thank Ron Kangas for being with us today. Ron, join us again uh, very soon. We have much coming in the book of Isaiah, and then we're going to do a kind of a revisit of the whole book in our final 20 or so programs, develop some of the real high points where Christ is unveiled in such a magnificent way. Today, for Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. 
For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.